Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another Hangouts and Headlines here in Virtual Legality. I hope everybody had a wonderful Monday. I certainly had a productive one, did a lot of work, did a lot of streaming, did a lot of taping for videos that you haven't seen yet, as well as videos for my own channel that you haven't seen yet. So uh, we do have a video coming up probably shortly after this one uh, about Elon Musk and his response and how that Twitter fight is going. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned to this channel. Otherwise, it's good to have it be Tuesday already. And we're talking about some important stuff here in this space, as you probably could tell from the headline highlighted on the thumbnail. Uh, and we are going to be talking about areas of sensitivity. So as we like to say in this space, hey, look, nobody should be harassing anyone else. We don't like ad hominem attacks here. We don't like them out on the Internet. And yet there are bad actors that sometimes do things on the Internet. And we have to talk about how that is responded to either in the media or with folks that look to get their reports put in the media. And that seems to be the case uh, with this company that we're going to be talking about today. That said, obviously, nobody should be doing these very bad things to anybody on the internet to the extent that they exist. And so we should stand against that pretty heartily here in this space and in others that we might find ourselves in. And, and that's one of the things that I also try to tell to my colleagues, because honestly, some of them verge on that line, if not cross it. Um, so we can we can always be out there not harassing. Uh, I think that's a pretty easy thing for us to do. Uh, and that, with that said, sounded a little serious to start off today's episode. Let's hang out a little bit. I do want to issue another warning. Um, I may have to cut this episode off early. Uh, we do have an appointment with folks coming to the house. That's the bad news. The good news is the reason we're having that appointment uh, is to upgrade the internet here so that I can get more consistent streams out to y'all. We don't have to worry about any of that lip syncing or the fuzziness issues uh, that we saw last week, hopefully. You never know when you're changing your IT infrastructure, uh, but that is the idea and that is why we might be cut off if they come right at the beginning of their window, which I don't know that has ever happened to me, but because we're streaming live on the internet, it's more likely now than it would be in other instances. So with that as background, how y'all doing? Good morning, everybody, says Robert Johnson. Uh, Sardinism says it feels hard to stand against it sometimes without falling for the distraction, losing sight of the fact that it's a minority. Absolutely. When we start talking about bad acts, 100%. It's easiest for folks to lump people into other groups. It's one of the reasons that I talk about it so often in this space is we shouldn't just judge whoever our philosophical opposition is, our political opposition, whatever opposition we might have uh, in the world based on the acts of the worst of whatever that group is. And it happens so, so much. And we'll see it happening here kind of between the lines of, oh, you stand for that proposition? Well, you should know there are people doing this bad thing, which is totally fine. That's warranted as a kind of, hey, I don't want to be associated with that particular activity or group or branding. But it also doesn't speak to you as an individual, right? The fact that you uh, believe Johnny Depp in a lawsuit or the fact that you stand for Proposition X in a different context and somebody on that side of that question is harassing someone online or doing something else that's very bad, it's easy to tar people with that brush, but guilt by association is never going to be a good argument. Uh, and unfortunately, it's one of the predominant arguments that we see in these articles that we're going to look through uh, and in what is happening here with respect to this report. Um, so I hear you. I know that it can be difficult. I know it can be tricky. Um, but I know that this community we're building here, this space, reasonable minds can differ is the watch phrase, right? 
Reasonable minds can differ means that reasonable minds can differ, that the opposite side of you can still be reasoned and can be something that is legitimately held in good faith. And when we start with that premise, I think we automatically treat people better. We say, hey, you're a human being that's come to a different conclusion than me. I'm really curious about why, right? Maybe I feel really strongly about my position. I look at it and I say, okay, this other person comes from things at a different perspective. How did you get there? What thought process led you to that? And you can have good discussions that way. It's not always the most pleasant thing in the world, but it can be intellectually stimulating and it can be interesting to learn more about other people, especially within your personal circles. I'm not saying you have to do that every time on the internet. There are plenty of trolls out there and plenty of people that just are looking to try to cause a fight. Uh, and sometimes you have to say, yep, okay, good luck to you in your life. Have fun. Uh, but in other circumstances, absolutely. Go try to figure out what people are about because that's part of the fun here. As I say, it would be a very boring life indeed if everybody agreed with each other all the time and we all had exactly the same thought process for arriving at whatever conclusion we arrived at. So absolutely, have those conversations. And yes, it's okay to agree to disagree. It's okay to have a friend that just simply is on the complete opposite side of something. You talk with them a little bit and you say, you know what? We don't actually have a shared uh, interest here. We don't have a shared concept of what reality is in some cases. And yes, sometimes it's best to say, well, okay, fine. Let's talk about something else, right? On the internet, you can just block them. You can mute them. You can do whatever. That's totally fine. Uh, but in real life, you know, we need to do a little bit better as a people to not ad hominem attack each other, right? And I feel pretty strongly about that. That's obviously why you see some of the rules in like the communities. That's why you see reasonable minds can differ being the phrase here. I want to bring that to the world more uh, than it has already experienced. And these kinds of articles do tend to make me think, oh, all right, well, to the extent that they're true, a lot of bad actors out there, more work to be done. And to the extent that they're maybe eliding what we would consider a good scientific process in certain important respects, there are people out there then that are trying to stir the pot uh, deliberately to make things more tribal and to make things more fractious. And that might make me more irritated. Uh, and so we'll talk about those things as we get into the articles. Uh, good morning. Coming in a bit late. So did I. So we're all good. Sunrise was beautiful on the beach in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't give up a sunrise to come hang out with me. No, no. Go watch the sunrise. If it's beautiful, enjoy that. Then pop in with me. I think that's absolutely fine. Good choices were made there. Uh, good day to Hoaglaw. This is Hoaglaw. All the hoagies and wonderful people out there from central Pennsylvania. Hello, Pennsylvania. Have an amazing day filled with sunshine. What a nice sentiment to start our Tuesday. I love it. Um, unindicted co-counsel says, my best friend is 100% opposite to me on political issues. We get along great because we know we're not going to agree. Supporting those people or that guy doesn't make him a bad person. Yeah, I, and that used to be the case a lot more than I think it is today, right? I mean, I, I went to uh, you know university uh, and went to essentially wildly different schools on different ends of the political spectrum in terms of overall student body. Um, and that always led to interesting conversations because uh, I never quite, <laughs> I never represented either side of those student bodies. So it was always like, what, what is that guy about? Uh, so that's, that's pretty fun. Um, but I really credit that for giving me the ability to talk with both sides of the political spectrum here in the United States and to at least recognize that for the most part, people aren't just raw evil. They have different conceptions of what leads to a better society or a better future uh, for their kids or what have you. Uh, but they are acting in good faith very often 
And I think we miss that a lot of the time. Again, I don't mean to discount the existence of bad faith actors. They do, in fact, exist. But there are good faith actors that just simply disagree with you. They just do. And, and, and that line between just disagreeing with you and maybe having an ad hominem attack uh, and harassment and you should be not allowed to speak in the public square and things like that uh, is increasingly becoming fraught. Um, and that includes, you know, certain attacks on folks doing what I do, which is legal analysis and otherwise commenting on those various things is somehow propagating hate. You see a lot uh, in the social media context because they are unhappy with uh, especially what some of my colleagues have done. Uh, but that we are out there talking about these cases and otherwise, you know, having super chats or having ads on the archived versions of the videos, because that means that there's compensation for what they view as quote unquote hate, primarily because it's oppositional to what they want. Um, and that's always going to be a problem. Um, there's a lot that can be said about writing it out, but not sending aviation fanatic. I love it. Yeah, the old email in the desk drawer is what we used to call it, which is vent, write whatever, and then put it away. 24 hours later, think about whether you would want to have sent that. And very often you'll be like, well, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't send that because it has all these deleterious effects on relationships or I wasn't thinking clearly because I was inflamed with passion. Not in that way, folks, not in that way. Um, and so absolutely writing it out going through the process of getting out whatever it is that you want to say and then not sending it. A lot to be said for that. I agree, Aviation Fanatic. Wisconsin here. Hello, Wisconsin. Good morning, says Rose Moon. Always a great day when starting the day with Hoglaw. Fantastic. I appreciate it. I love doing this kind of morning show and, and greeting you all in the morning or whatever time of day it is uh, across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, but I love having this kind of conversation with you all. And like I said, because we run the risk of getting this thing kind of cut off early, Let's just dive in right now. And if you want to chat, uh, you know, at Hogue Law, try to flag questions, super chats, of course, all that stuff. Um, but I'm going to try to get through some of this thing, this, this news item so that we can at least talk about it um, and that, you know, it exists in case I have to get off this in 15 minutes. We'll see. We will see. So with that said, let's take a look at these reports. Uh, we're going to start with CBS News. This is by an individual by the name of Graham Cates. He was on Twitter Yesterday, having said, hey, I did some investigative reporting on this. I got some interviews. And if you aren't familiar with what this is about at all, this will be a good kind of baseline touch point. I've actually got four articles up here. There are more and more and more of that. And that's one of the things I want to talk about with respect to headlines and media is that this report that was done by a company by the name of Bot Sentinel, which might ring a bell because they were a part of Amber Heard's team in the trial. And that doesn't get mentioned in these articles very high at all, with the exception of one. Um, and they have reported that there is widespread targeted harassment against supporters of Amber Heard. And that very well might be. Uh, we don't know, right? And, and they're going out there with this report, and they've gone out with reports like this in respect of other things, most prominently and, and most recently about uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I think I got that right, Mrs. Hoglaw. Uh, and they did a campaign about um, targeted widespread harassment of Meghan Markle on Twitter, and that had its own kind of interesting beats to it. We'll talk about that a little bit. But they put out this report, which we will look at. And then it gets reported on by these various outlets, essentially breathlessly. Like there, there is no questioning of their methods, despite the fact that they don't provide method data. 
Um, and it all gets reported on as if it is 100% true. It's been more than a month and a half since the civil defamation trial between celebrity actors Amber Heard and Johnny Depp was decided, but Ella Dawson's Twitter notifications haven't stopped. So we're going with the anecdote approach to start the article. I'm still getting people tweeting at me, calling me weird, heinous stuff. And it's been weeks and weeks. That's very strange, said Dawson, a digital strategist and writer. And I agree. When you find yourself on the opposite end of some people on the internet, it can get very, very strange and you can get a lot of harassing messages. Moving on, Dawson was one of many herd supporters on the receiving end of an organized campaign of widespread targeted harassment. According to a report published Monday by the research firm Bot Sentinel, the firm analyzed more than 14,000 tweets that included at least one of four viral anti-herd hashtags seeming to characterize herd as a liar or an abuser and found that nearly one in four accounts tied to the tweets, 24.4%, were created in the last seven months, which just reading it before we even get to the report, you'll note is the time period in which the trial in the United States took place. So I believe it's included here as a data point to suggest that these folks are artificial, that they only created their accounts in order to quote unquote harass Amber Heard or Amber Heard supporters. And yet the most salient point in time when one would have decided to make an account to talk about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial would be in the last seven months. And seven months is kind of a weird cutoff point anyway. So it's interesting to decide what, what were you trying to grab with that data? I can't answer that question because these investigative reporters aren't asking it and Bot Sentinel didn't offer it. Sorry, folks. Nearly one in five accounts to tweet the hashtags were dedicated to spamming, according to the report. Bot Sentinel found that toxic troll accounts used a variety of methods from hashtag spamming to copy pasta, which is repeatedly copying, pasting, and tweeting content to both amplify anti-herd messaging and vilify her supporters. I'm not even positive that's the right definition of copy pasta. Now, I'm not as hip as you kids, of course, but copy pasta has always been to me a fairly long sequence of language that then has things changed out within it or that's affixed to a different message uh, in order to goof on you. Here, they're really just talking about copying and pasting in the report, that they're the exact same language in each instance. Maybe that's copy pasta to you. Maybe I'm not as hip as I think I am. And I already don't think I'm terribly hip, but it always was a weird definition when I looked at it in this report. One method described in the report as intended to deceive Twitter's algorithms involved account spamming hashtags with slight misspellings. For instance, replacing the letter I with the letter L. The intentional misspelling demonstrates a calculated effort to manipulate hashtag trends, Bot Sentinel wrote in its report. Dawson, who remember was our opening anecdote, who had not seen the report when she was interviewed, was struck by the veracity of Depp's online supporters. I was pretty shocked by how quickly the tweets that I wrote went viral and the amount of hatred I got in response. It was very bizarre to see the organized nastiness. Organized is key here, right? Bot Sentinel wants to say that this is artificial in some capacity because artificiality matters to what it is that they're trying to complain about with respect to the usage of Twitter. They're not necessarily going to find that from everything that was reported so far and the way that their previous reports were received by Twitter and others. The organized nature of the attacks were apparent to Eve Barlow, who you might recognize if you followed the trial at all, a friend and vocal supporter of Heard who said Bot Sentinel's findings were not surprising. So here, the next anecdote, which admittedly is in a story about supporters of Amber Heard, goes and asks Eve Barlow, who is effectively famously out there online. You might remember that she's referenced even by Natalie Shore in that interview we had on the articles that are being written about these stories. 
And she's famously a part of this story. She's in court. She's kicked out of court. She's responding to everything related to everything, accusing everybody who doesn't believe Amber Heard of misogyny or just being a Johnny Depp Pirates of the Caribbean fan or a racist, depending on what you find <clears throat> on her thread. I went through it looking at it in preparation for this video. And so she's an interesting source here um, because she's obviously invested in the notion that this is happening before this report comes out. She's saying these things. Um, and I would probably mention that if I were a journalist. Again, that doesn't mean this report is wrong necessarily, although I have my qualms with the methodology shown or lack thereof. But it does mean that like the reader should be told about these proclivities. Yes, she's a friend of Amber Heard's and a vocal supporter. She's also someone that has gone out there and advanced this theory of what's happening online and why this trial went this way extensively including in attacks on folks that are my colleagues. It corroborates a lot of what we know and have been saying, said Barlow, a journalist. Anyone who stands for Amber in front of the firing line, you're not even low-hanging fruit. You're an easy target. It's a mixed metaphor. I, I think what she's trying to say is you're, you're even easier than low-hanging fruit. I don't know. But that's a quote that goes right along with her thesis of the world. So it's really no surprise that you get that kind of response for an investigative piece like this. Before, during, and after the nearly two-month trial, certain Twitter accounts appear to be coordinating their efforts to drown out herd supporters. Again, coordination, they claim. He emphasized in an interview with CBS News that the accounts his firm found to be amplifying anti-herd messaging and harassing her supporters appeared to be operated by real people, not bots. So Christopher Boozy here, apparently the head of this company called Bot Sentinel, uh, is looking at the activities of real people, not bots, which just in terms of titling and naming raises some questions because we don't know exactly what their expertise is in terms of analyzing actual human behavior. But he goes out there and says that this particular activity is coordinated and organized among these various people, not bots. What we will see, however, is a startling lack of evidence of coordination outside of a shared use of hashtags that are self-selected by the group when we go and look at the report. None of this is kind of dug into in any of these articles that we're going to look at. And this kind of goes back to a kind of issue that I have with the media, right? Which is if you give them a press release, if you give them a report, if you give them a concept that is juicy enough, there appears to be at least a certain segment of the media that will essentially unquestioningly just send it on. Just report it to the people. Say, hey, uh, this report was made. Do what you will with it. And not even really use whatever resources they might have to say, oh, okay, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Right? You don't have to be negative. You don't have to be attacking whatever report you've been given. But as an investigative journalist, you could ask questions that don't assume that the premise of what you've been handed is true, which I think is a useful thing to do. Now, he says it does not necessarily mean a bunch of folks in a small room someplace in St. Petersburg that are working together. You like that? So Christopher Boozy here's first intimation is for you to think of Russian bots. But I'm not talking about bots. And by the way, I said the opposite of that. I'm also not talking about Russians necessarily. It could just be a group of people who are against Amber Heard, which in general, one is allowed to be. And they decide on another platform, whether it's Switch or Discord or whatever, we're going to attack. Let's coordinate together. Now, understand what this quote actually says to me. It says that Mr. Boozy has no idea what is happening here. Mr. Boozy has gone out with a report with his company, Bot Sentinel. He has claimed certain things, and 
he, when asked from this investigative journalist, actually asking the question, well, what do you think this is? Doesn't have an answer. Well, and uh, you know, it doesn't have to be Russian bots. It could just be a group of people. They might be organizing somewhere else, presumably because they didn't find any evidence of organization on Twitter, which Twitter is going to have a problem with. Uh, and so, well, they're, they're going around the horn on these things uh, and they're engaged in a harassment campaign against Amber Heard. Boozy's firm found that Heard supporters were attacked relentlessly, often with vulgar and threatening language. And I have no doubt some of these instances exist. Absolutely. It wrote in the report that offensive tweets, misogyny, doxing, and death threats were rampant in tweets targeting Heard supporters. Now, offensiveness, you could probably determine from a uh, personal review. Um, misogyny may be a little bit trickier to find from a personal review. Certainly, they're going to bake in some of your assumptions for anybody that's actually reviewing these things. Doxing should be easy to identify. And death threats, which seemingly should be easy to identify. If you actually go and look at when people report on death threats, um, things that are, oh, uh, a wood chipper should find this person and are hyperbolic and not things that I would say online are categorized by death threats or not, depending on the persuasion of the person that's doing the analysis. Um, and so there is question here. Now, again, as I said at the top of this video, don't harass folks for God's sakes, right? If you've got the better side of the argument, certainly you can go have that argument in a reasoned way. Uh, that's what we try to show here in virtual legality is you can go have a reasonable conversation with folks about even the most sensitive of issues, as long as you treat each other with the humanity that you actually have. Here though, he just says there's vulgar and threatening language. It's a self-determination in the report that these things were quote unquote rampant. And then the report includes a disclaimer here buried in the CBS article that the firm was previously hired by Heard's legal team in 2020 and through the trial to analyze traffic related to Heard and Depp. However, Boozy said the research published Monday was undertaken independently after observing what appeared to be harassment and platform manipulation. Now, folks, this is not what anybody would use as a qualification of independence for an institution, right? If you go into a contract, if you go into an ethics rule book, if you go into a determination of what is required to be independent, one of the things will be that you haven't had a commercial relationship with the subject matter of your material in any given way for a period of time, certainly including the fact that your particular group was used as evidence in the case in support of the subject matter of your report not three months ago. Uh, and so he wants to claim independence because he wasn't formally paid for this, except obviously if you're paid for it in the first instance and you think there might be an appellate procedure and an ongoing relationship with the subject matter of your report, well, it stands to reason that you might want to continue to be in good standing with that subject matter of your report. And you can't even say that this is separate from the initial engagement in 2020 because all of your stuff was just used in court. And yet CBS doesn't dive into this. CBS doesn't talk about any of this. They just say, oh, there's a disclaimer. I guess we'll just mention that they appear to have been hired by Amber Heard and representing Amber Heard's team and trying to present Amber Heard evidence during the court case that you just saw. Uh, but they're independent this time. They're independent this time, even though this research started in June uh, and June was when the verdict came out in the court case. Before releasing the report, the company sent to Twitter a list of hundreds of accounts that Bot Sentinel determined violated multiple rules and policies of the platform, including but not limited to violent threats, abuse, harassment, hateful conduct, private information, and platform manipulation and spam. That's right. They made a list 
We hope they checked it twice because they just sent a list of various users to Twitter and told them to ban them. Uh, and that's an interesting step for a third party to take, but at least they didn't make them specifically public, right? They wouldn't do that. That would be silly. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. The company wrote in its report that it's our opinion Twitter didn't do enough to mitigate the platform manipulation and did very little to stop the abuse and targeted harassment. Twitter essentially left the women to fend for themselves with little to no support for the platform. The report also highlighted tweets targeting Barlow, among others, with offensive language. In one particularly egregious instance, a photo of a herd supporter's deceased daughter was appended to a new account, which was then used to target the woman. Now, we know this story. Uh, it's a Michelle Dauber from Stanford Law. Don't harass her. We're going to talk about this as well, because like using Eve Barlow, like using some of the other people in this report, this is someone that isn't just an Amber Heard supporter, but is actually directly attacking Johnny Depp supporters in a fashion that is very similar and mirrored in what this report actually claims is happening in the opposite direction. We will talk about that uh, as part of this, assuming that we get there. We have to look at the statistics from Christopher in the context of what it means offline, out in the real world, as well as online. We can't pull the wool over our eyes as to the amount of influence the online conversation has on people. There is 100% no evidence that any of the research done by Bot Sentinel has anything to do with offline interactions. Honestly, there are some questions about whether it has a lot to do with online interactions. But again, this is what you get when you interview people that are invested in the storyline. Her sentiment was echoed by urban planner Lindsay Boylan, who was also targeted by tweets highlighted in the report. Boylan said her support of Heard had little to do with the Aquaman actress's films. It is nice, at least, that if you're giving quotes to CBS on this count, they don't just assume that you're a big Amber Heard fan because you like Aquaman films. It's certainly not the case that anybody has ever accused anyone speaking out about the trial of simply being a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean. But moving on, my interest and why I got engaged in speaking out is that the entire trial process was made into a circus by the targeted harassment of anyone who spoke up on her behalf and really beat misogyny against her across the country, said Boylan, who was a former aide to Andrew Cuomo, one of the uh, who was one of 11 women who was in 2011 accused then governor of New York of sexual harassment. I think people need to understand how harmful this is, just not just in the context of this case and these individuals, but how harmful it is for any survivor, how harmful it is for women, how harmful it is for people's First Amendment rights to speak up. Now, that's interesting. Right. Because what is happening here is Bot Sentinel, a third party company, has come forth, named names, put together lists, telling Twitter that they have to shut down the speech of these various people out there in the world. And again, like Eve Barlow, like Michelle Dauber, like this person, we see a constant refrain in these interviews of people that are otherwise already invested in this being true. That doesn't make it false, by the way but it does make this pretty worthless of an investigative piece because we know how someone who accused Andrew Cuomo of harassment and sees the world through that lens is going to look at this. And I feel very badly for that person, but it doesn't make what Sentinel did any truer because you found quotes like this one. For Dawson, that's been bombarded by people every day for weeks on end saying that Amber Heard is a liar and that women lie. And I'm an abuse apologist who must be lying. That absolutely takes a toll. Well, I, I do think that Amber Heard um, prevaricated a bit uh, on the stand. I would not have seen that for her as I watched through the trial. I didn't want her to be lying. Obviously, these lies are heinous, but I did, as the jury did, come to the conclusion that she was lying. 
and that women are in fact capable of lying. I don't, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone interacting in the world, but certainly I wouldn't say that you're necessarily lying for having that stance. I just think that that's your view of the world. And it absolutely takes a toll when you get harassed. Again, I can speak to that. Certainly having covered the trial at length, uh, I've gotten a lot of messages. I've gotten a lot of things called about me. I think if you've been online at all, you have seen some of those messages propagated uh, and seen what I would gather are Amber Heard supporters putting together those messages and putting together those notes and communication materials in an organized fashion for people to go and talk negatively about me uh, and a number of my YouTube colleagues. And to that, I say, okay, you're allowed your opinion on these things. Um, but you know, at, at some level, you're speaking into the wind and we don't need to take you seriously. But it's not something that is un unfortunately monopolized by one side or the other of any issue online. We continue with other articles. We've got Insider, a harassment campaign on Twitter targeted Amber Heard supporters and included mocking the death of one woman's child. Insider loves its ridiculous run on headlines. Researchers, fine. And we talked about this yesterday. This entire structure implies that this is true. And then, oh, it's just that researchers found it. I don't know that they add anything to this particular story. Um, we do get an interview with Michelle Dauber for Insider, who keeps her identity secret, which is odd because she's got, as I said, she's got tweets that go out with this, right? That this is what she claims uh, on, on her thread. And I have no idea what kind of verification was done on this. Obviously, at the point in time where you are putting a person's uh, uh, family member who died earlier and making an account to say, essentially, I'm glad I died, uh, that is way beyond the pale uh, but I would like more information as to how that was. Was that set up in the last seven months or last three weeks? What, what did that look like in terms of an interaction here? We don't get any of that information because everything is assumed to be true from one side and everything is assumed to be false on the other. And so I would have all harassment stamped out, but I think this is a very poor method to do that because of the holes in the actual process. The level of abusive conduct that the report described did not surprise me. What does surprise me is that leading tech companies such as Twitter and YouTube are not doing enough to rein in the online harassment of women, even though they must be fully aware it is occurring on their platforms. Now, that gives a lot of credit to YouTube and Twitter, who I'm not sure are fully aware of anything at any given point in time. So I will grant that point. But this, again, comes from a position where before this report, before the statements that led to some of these responses uh, to her, she's already going out there with this message harassment, women, issues on these particular topics. So again, we don't get a lot of additional information. And all of this is basically reported as having happened. As Insider previously reported, misinformation about her in the trial was prolific. So here we have an outlet that is invested in this being the case. As it occurred earlier this year, racking up millions of views and likes across platforms like Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube with, again, as we're now used to, no separation between people that are performing a good and valued service and folks that are out there doing quote-unquote misinformation. So Insider uh, goes out there and says, hey, this matches our worldview, and so we will report upon it without questioning much of the premises on which it relies. The independent member heard was subjected to one of the worst cases of cyberbullying during Johnny Depp trial, study finds. So we see that same structure there to make sure that you think about what was said in the report before you actually think about the report itself. And maybe skip that because your eyes just kind of glaze over it and assume that the independent is reporting on that independently and they don't add much of anything at all to what's in the report. And then we have the Variety article, which actually takes a different tack for its headline. And they say, Amber Heard supporters target of widespread harassment on Twitter, which again, puts that first, but 
according to firm once hired by Herd's lawyers in the headline. So that adds kind of the opposite bent to this. That says um, there are reasons to maybe not take this on its face value just off the top. And in fact, they put that, unlike these other articles, right in the first paragraph. Twitter trolls have engaged in rampant abuse and widespread targeted harassment of women on the social network who have voiced support for Amber Heard, according to a research firm that had previously been hired by lawyers representing Heard in her defamation court case with Johnny Depp. Then you get some stats here. 24% of the accounts that posted were created within the past seven months. We saw that before. We're going to look at some of the other things here. And according to Bot Sentinel's website, and this is the only article I found that did this, they dive into who Bot Sentinel is uh, in order to determine exactly what the relationship was. Founded the organization in 2018 as a community-funded project to help fight disinformation and targeted harassment, we believe Twitter users should be able to engage in healthy online discord without inauthentic accounts. So we know that's not an issue because they say they're actual people. Toxic trolls, which we have to take on faith from them. Foreign countries, which they also disclaim is not happening here. And organized groups, which they use as their primary cudgel, but they don't actually prove organization. Manipulating the conversation. Bot Sentinel said it sent Twitter a list of several hundred accounts that the company determined violated multiple rules and policies, including violent threats and platform manipulation. And Twitter essentially left the women to fend for themselves with little to no support from the platform. Asked for comment, which you can get if you're Variety, a Twitter spokesperson said, our teams are reviewing the accounts flagged in this report and will take action according to the Twitter rules. We don't let third parties just determine when our rules are otherwise violated. Those are the articles we see right now, but let's actually take a look at the report, right? We love primary source material here. Before we do, let's take a, we got a couple of super chats here I want to cover and any other questions or comments that you might have before we dive into the report. We can also check out, first we have Handmade Darcy. Why do these people think that people who are anti-herd are so? I'm anti-perpetrators of domestic violence, which the trial before which I didn't know her name showed her to be, it doesn't come out of nowhere. And in fact, that's the most reasoned response to, okay, these accounts get started seven months ago because as this evidence comes out, for instance, as I'm introduced to the trial, I say, wow, huh, that is pretty interesting. Now I'm not going out with hashtags on really anything, but I can certainly imagine somebody looking at that system and saying, well, I'm, I'm against lying. I'm against whatever it is that I think I saw in that courtroom. And so you say Amber Heard is a liar as a hashtag uh, isn't, in my view, itself harassment. That's simply a statement of sentiment. Uh, and there is reason to believe, as the jury did, that Amber Heard is, in fact, a liar and lied in that courtroom over the course of two months uh, in the spring. Uh, so you take that, you say, hey, this is a viral thing. This is essentially de facto harassment by its existence. And you wind up with some interesting kind of reports as part of that process. But yeah, it assumes, right? You know what happens when you assume? Well, in this case, you get covered by every major media outlet on the globe. But different strokes for different folks. Rick Cormier, I will never understand why people give power to strangers on the internet. People sending me hate on the internet just gets ignored. They have no effect on my mood or well-being because I do not know them. So their opinion is like a Yorkie's bed turd. See what you did there, Britt. I will say this, especially when you first engage with social media um, and you get your first bit of somebody calling you, oh, I don't know, uh, an affiliation uh, with a uh, World War II power, uh, you get a little bit like, where did that come from? Did I say something that was awful? You reexamine your premises. And um, as that continues, as you kind of get more used to the temperature of the water uh, in social media, I do think that fades away. And I would offer exactly the advice that you give here which is these are randoms, or as Amber Heard might say, randos on the internet. Uh, and 
you don't know what their life situation is. You could be talking to an eight-year-old. Uh, you could be talking to someone that just only finds joy in life by trolling you. Uh, and if you understood that properly, if you knew these tilts, if you knew who this person was, you might be able to better handle it. But certain, certain people aren't going to handle it ever. Uh, and I think that's a shame that social media, which could be this fantastic invention that brings us together uh, and allows us to communicate in real time with each other to an extent never before seen in human history, very often devolves into making fun of one another. You know, but like I said, when I look in the camera during when I'm talking about those articles, I, I've gotten all sorts of hate. Do, do I think it's harassment? Sometimes there have been days where it's like a lot of emails directly to the firm. I had a uh, review bomb campaign made against the firm that Google didn't handle at all. Uh, and so, yeah, okay, fantastic. These people that have never been my clients have never engaged with the firm all give me one star reviews because I said something. I think it was, I think it was Sony fans. I said something against Sony. I mean, it's the stupidest thing in the world. Um, but yeah, those people affect my livelihood, and you still have to kind of roll with it. You still have to say, well, okay, that's fine. I'm going to be a voice on the internet. Uh, and people are going to lash out in the ways that they lash out. And we've seen that from, from my perspective, even from big names, right? I got called a radical influencer by Taylor the Renz. I've gotten called just a mere YouTube pundit by Bloomberg Technology Reporters. Um, I've gotten called a tabloid grifter by that one article we read from that one dude, <laughs> whose name I clearly committed to memory on this score. Um, and you have to have a certain amount of toughness with those things. Do I think you should have to in a perfect world? No, but you're right that when we talk about these kinds of things from randos on the internet, it would behoove everybody to realize that that other side of the coin doesn't control you. You're never going to meet these people, block them, mute them, whatever you feel about it. And don't take it to heart because if you are honest with yourself and you are treating people with humanity and you are remembering that reasonable minds can differ, then you have everything to be proud of in your conversation. And if you slip on that because we're humans and we do, you know, thinking about that, reflecting on it, trying to do it better next time and maybe apologizing, depending on what happened. All of that works to help make you a better person. And so take every interaction, take every possibility and try to see the best out of it and be better, especially the next time. And that's all we can do. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that seem to have pretty sad lives that are out there calling Hogue names, calling my colleagues names, apparently calling Amber Heard supporters names. I have no doubt that this is happening. I just have a doubt that it is so prevalent and so special that it deserves coverage in every outlet in America. Crazy Cat Queen, I'm curious to see how many Amber Heard supporters have been swatted. I'd say that's a viable threat that's been acted upon. Yeah, we have seen swatting um, from folks on the internet. That is, of course, essentially calling the cops in a given jurisdiction where somebody lives with the notion that there is an imminent emergency threat that will get the police in that jurisdiction to break down the door uh, effectively and can and has caused significant casualty events in the past. It is one of the really, 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 really stupid things uh, that people do with the Internet powers before them. Um, and yeah, that, that goes very far. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know whether the people in this list have had that happen to them. We do know, of course, um, that colleagues of mine online have had that happen to them. Um, and even when I disagree with them, those colleagues or others, obviously that is way beyond the pale for any kind of reasoned response to those kinds of positions. Thank you so much for the comment. Uh, and a follow-up comment. Neutralized trolls shuts them up. It's boring for them. Example, wow. Well, I guess we see things differently. Hope you have a great day, Daisy. 
emoji. I have to admit, one of the things I tend to do is uh, respond very positively with like a winky face, um, primarily because I learned that from my siblings, right? My sisters always hated that. They get mad at you and you say, oh, that's fantastic. Absolutely. And you give them a wink. They don't much care for that. But I might be antagonizing them a little bit. Uh, ignoring is much better. Uh, you mute them. You otherwise say, whatever, whatever, friend. Um, and, and you move on with your life. Uh, which isn't to say it can't get beyond the pale, right? To the extent this actually happened to Michelle Dauber, for instance, it's like, that is awful. That's horrible. That should never occur, no matter what anybody says, no matter what their beliefs are. And yet, it doesn't change the fact that all sides of every coin are basically getting harassed at all times. Uh, so we can improve that. Love to see that improved. Um, but I'm not sure that making lists of people that some third party thinks are beyond the pale and sending them to the platform is the right way to go about things. Aviation fanatic, it's chemical in a lot of ways. They get online and attack people, which increases the dopamine in their brain, and they keep coming back to get that feeling. It's a sickness. Yeah, I mean, I suspect that there's a certain component that gets people off, to uh, coin a phrase here for this, in terms of trolling folks or making them angry, and then you go back to your enclave of like-minded people and you high-five on the internet for doing that to people. You were seeing that with Reddit and and the folks that were talking about this from a legal analyst side of things on, on YouTube, et cetera. Um, and yet, you know, as, as was just said in the previous comment, you can ignore them. You can deny them that. Great. You, you shot it into the void. Mute is a powerful button because they don't even know that you can't hear them. Um, and that presents its own kind of Sisyphusian purgatory, uh, in my opinion, uh, and isn't a bad solution to these various kinds of things. Apple pie, they're all just jealous of your shield-mounted zombie. That's right. Brains, the lawyers and dragons, shield-mounted zombie. Everybody wants to be like Falcor. I get that. I do. And I can understand that, jealousy. We kid, of course, but sometimes there is a certain amount of jealousy, right? A lot of what we saw with respect to my, my YouTube colleagues was, wow, a lot of them made a lot of money. And I would argue that they performed a valuable service that a lot of people enjoyed for a long period of time. Uh, and that money was effectively earned like any other job. Um, but reasonable minds couldn't differ on that. Uh, and some of these people, including Eve Barlow, including Michelle Dauber, effectively have, you know, put together uh, and otherwise retweeted or given a megaphone to the fact that all of those folks should be kicked off of YouTube because they are, quote unquote, monetizing hate. And to me, that's a pretty big attack pattern. That's that's worse than an ad hominem. If you want to take away somebody's livelihood or potential livelihood by doing commentary that you happen to either disagree with or stands in opposition to your points in a court of law, and you say that the platforms should be made to get rid of them, and then have the temerity in quotes to an investigative journalist to say it's about our First Amendment rights, well, we might have a problem, right? And so much of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial has come out in these specific equations where what is argued can absolutely 100% be applied in the opposite direction. And this First Amendment concept is absolutely that. It cannot be that simply analyzing a court case and saying, hmm, that is coming across as disingenuous. I wonder whether the jury will take it that way. And the jury does, in fact, take it that way. So we have provided value for both understanding the justice process, how a jury will consider these things, and give or take, predicted what the jury would do with the evidence that was presented to it. It cannot be that that is quote unquote monetizing hate. And yes, do people, including my colleagues, go too far? Do people, including my colleagues, say things that I would be abhorred by if I were on the stream with them? 
Yes, they do. And each individual circumstance and instance should be evaluated. But when you start to put together lists of people that I know in my heart are doing their best to actually present things, if not neutrally, at least informatively, and with their biases on their sleeves, well then, who's doing the harassing? And we come out with these kinds of discussion points. Thank you for those super chats. Thank you for the comments uh, that everybody's made here. Let's, let's look at this report while we still have the chance and I'm not otherwise interrupted. So here is Bot Sentinel. <clears throat> Targeted trolling and trend manipulation. How organized attacks on Amber Heard and other women thrive on Twitter. You might think from that title, we're going to get a how. We're going to get an establishment of what is happening here that allows them to do these things on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. No, we're mostly going to get a number of sheets of raw data as found by Bot Sentinel with no kind of backing information. So they say, <clears throat> our key findings, we identified 627 Twitter accounts focused predominantly on tweeting negatively about Amber Heard and her female supporters. Now, what's interesting here is that this is ostensibly about the supporters, right? That's what we saw covered in all of these articles. It's about harassment of supporters, online campaign against supporters. Uh, insider here at the top talks about Amber Heard supporters, et cetera, et cetera. The actual title is attacks on Amber Heard and then other women that thrive on Twitter. So your mileage may vary as to how many of these were focused on the supporters and how many were focused on Amber Heard itself, which as we've talked about, Amber Heard doesn't have to be a representative of all women. Amber Heard is a representative of Amber Heard and one can be um, very negative about what we have seen in her interviews, how her counsel has behaved, what we saw on the stand in her court case, how that behavior was reflected in that court case from the prior number of years. And you can feel very negatively about this person. And that doesn't mean that you're harassing them. It does mean that you can be informing someone that says, hey, I think that we should uh, believe all women, or this looks like Johnny Depp got away with something and you can talk to them about what happened in the trial. <clears throat> and I would question whether that kind of conversation would wind up in the camp that says that these are predominantly focused on tweeting negatively about Amber Heard and her female supporters. Now, they said they identified 3,288 accounts that were tweeting, Amber Heard is an abuser. Amber Heard L's an abuser, which is presumably one of those swaps. Amber Heard is a liar. And Amber Heard L's a liar. And 19% of those accounts were dedicated to spamming the hashtags. Now, if you're doing the math at home, that is saying that these 627 Twitter accounts identified here are 19% of 3,288. Now, because I don't get denominators in this report, and I'm a lowly analysis out here in the internet and not an investigative reporter, I have to take all this on faith. Is that a lot? It doesn't seem like a lot for Twitter and its millions and millions of users, but maybe it is. How did you arrive at using these particular hashtags? How much of the group of 3,288 of these people are using the L's version rather than the correct spelling version? Because you're going to claim that this is indicative of getting around the system and organizing and abusing the Twitter platform. How many of them are using this compared to how many are using the correct spellings? I don't know. You don't know. Bot Sentinel won't tell us. Women who tweeted in support of Amber Heard were subjected to rampant abuse and targeted harassment on Twitter. There's no, <clears throat> there's no data here at all. Someone used a photo of a woman's deceased child to create a fake account and troll the woman because she tweeted in support of Amber Heard. I would argue that much of the discussion for Michelle Dauber here is not necessarily related to the I believe uh, or I stand with Amber Heard, but is in fact related specifically to a series of tweets 
that she made about lawyers, female lawyers defending male accused in these kinds of cases and calling them skirts. We'll talk about that in a second. Toxic trolls used hashtag spamming to trend anti-Amber Heard hashtags artificially. Now that says that there is something that isn't organic about the use of a, of a hashtag trending by itself. We don't actually get the notion of why it's artificial in this context. Over 24% of the accounts tweeting anti-Amber Heard hashtags were created within the past seven months, which again is when the trial happened. Tactics like copy pasta, copying and pasting duplicative content were used to amplify messaging artificially and toxic trolls continued to tweet anti-Amber Heard hashtags and attack women weeks after the Depp B. Heard trial ended. So all of this are their key findings. You say, all right, now we're going to dive into the science. Well, first we have to get out a disclaimer. In 2020, Amber Heard's legal team contacted Bot Sentinel after we published our findings on the coordinated attack targeting Lisa Page. Amber Heard's legal team hired us to determine whether the social media activity against Ms. Heard was organic or if there was some other explanation. We determined that a significant portion of the activity wasn't organic and put our findings in a report. In June 2022, we began re-examining the activity after the Depp v. Heard verdict. Neither Amber Heard nor anyone from her team hired Bot Sentinel to review the activity. No one hired Bot Sentinel to compile and publish this report. Great disclaimer, it does not establish your independence whatsoever as reported on in some of these outlets. Um, further, it skips one important aspect, which is that I heard the name Bot Sentinel in the trial before I ever heard it here, which means that the report done in 2020 and probably onward was actually used as evidence in the case. You are tied much closer to Amber Heard and her legal team than just the indication of a year like 2020 might indicate. At least from what we can tell on the outside, because I now don't trust you and you're revealing of all the information that's necessary to evaluate these things, I'm now set to look at this with that kind of jaundiced eye that says, where could the lies otherwise be hiding? <clears throat> Overview. During the Depp versus Heard trial, we observed anti-Amber Heard hashtags regularly trending on Twitter. Indeed, that is the case. After the trial ended, the anti-Amber Heard hashtags continued trending. Again, now you say after the trial as if this is indicative of a harassment campaign. Obviously, as we talk about it here in the middle of July, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard never went anywhere. I keep trying to get away from it. I'm trying to limit it to one Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard headlines episode per week. We'll see how I do there this week, but it never went anywhere. And if it never goes anywhere, if you go out there and give interviews all the time, if Elaine Bredehoff is on all the morning shows after the verdict is reached, if you then have an exclusive Dateline interview, if you then have people like Eve Barlow or Michelle Dauber or others go out there and constantly fight this fight, then yes, you're going to get responses. You're going to get the other side of that coin. And so while there might be a harassment campaign, there's also other kind of qualifications that probably should be discussed about why these other hashtags might otherwise be trending. We researched the activity to determine whether the trending hashtags resulted from organic activity or platform manipulation. We immediately observed dozens of newly created accounts. What is newly? Right, You just talked about within seven months, but what is newly for this purpose? Spamming negative anti-Amber Heard hashtags. <laughs> I'm not, it sounds like a double negative. What is a negative anti-Amber Heard hashtag? Doesn't anti-Amber Heard cover what you're trying to say here? But I digress. Many accounts were replying to tweets with hashtags unrelated to the tweet they were responding to. Now that's good information. Show some examples of that. Some accounts encouraged others to get the hashtags trending and the trolls were successful on multiple occasions. Look at this sleight of hand, right? So if you're on Twitter and you see a hashtag and you want to get it trending, sometimes you say, hey, retweet this because this is an important message. And if we can get on the trending page, that would be pretty cool. Some people goof on that. You might recall an Emily D. Baker stream where we just got a hashtag trending that had nothing to do with anything. 
because it was a fun thing to do, not harassing anybody. And if this message is important to you legitimately, organically, as a person entitled, as was put forth in the CBS article, to your First Amendment rights, it might be the case that you want other people to join you, much like signing a petition or a change.org thing or voting, right? But <clears throat> as I said, note the sleight of hand here. Some accounts encourage others to get the hashtag trending, and then those people are automatically trolls by the time this sentence ends. Okay. All right. Our research also uncovered rampant abuse and widespread targeted harassment. Abusive trolls who identified as Johnny Depp supporters had subjected women to verbal abuse and targeted harassment. The trolls didn't limit their abuse to women. They also targeted their family members. In at least one case, the trolls doxed a woman's family and created a fake Twitter account using a photo of the woman's deceased child to troll her. Now, this doxing accusation is a little bit weird because this is Michelle Dauber, as we talked about, and that's a name, right? You can find out about Hogue. You can find, I'm using my name. I'm not, you know, uh, Rando23845 on Twitter. So they doxed her family. They, they looked up her, you know, Wikipedia page or whatnot, um, and then used that to, to troll her. Obviously, this is abhorrent as described, but we have to be very careful. We have to be precise if we're going to talk about these things in a reasoned way. This report will illustrate one of the worst cases of platform manipulation and flagrant abuse from a group of Twitter accounts. It will show how trolls use tactics to manipulate conversations and trends across Twitter while targeting and abusing women to suppress and any positive tweets supporting Amber Heard. We gave a copy of this report to Twitter prior to publishing. Now, those are grand statements, right? And we've talked about it in a trial context. These are promises that you made. You're going to show these things. And yet we can see at the top, you only have 12 pages left to do that and you're going to fail. We analyzed 14,292 tweets with the hashtags that they identified. We identified 627 Twitter accounts focused predominantly on tweeting negatively about Amber Heard and her female supporters. What is predominantly? It's not exclusively. What do you mean by predominantly? You're setting the standards here. You have the obligation to explain what kind of standards you are using for this analysis, and yet you don't. And much to my chagrin, the media doesn't appear to be very interested in what your process is. Approximately 24.4% of the Twitter accounts tweeting negative Amber Heard hashtags were created within the past seven months. The number of new accounts tweeting about Amber Heard was significantly higher than accounts tweeting about other topics. What's your methodology? What topics are you looking at? The Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial was the biggest trial in American history, at least since OJ Simpson. So it is no surprise that now in the era of social media, a number of new accounts joined the fray to talk specifically about this topic. What topics are you comparing it to that are remotely like this thing in the time period that we would otherwise be talking about? Honestly, I'm interested. Talk to me. Some would argue the accounts were created because individuals were interested in the Depp v. Heard trial. Would they? Yes. We agree that a significant number of anti-Amber Heard accounts were created in response to the trial. Good. Still, the new accounts focused mainly on discrediting and attacking Amber Heard and anyone who supported her. What, what is the purpose of this paragraph? You, you, you hung a lampshade on your primary problem with establishing that there's any level of artificiality here, which is really a premise that you need to establish in order to make this report work. And you highlight it because you know people are rightly going to say, hey, yo, wasn't the trial during that period? You highlight it and then say, well, that's true. But uh, those accounts focused on discrediting and tagging Amber Heard. Yes, perhaps because they were motivated to start a Twitter account, which is the worst decision any person can make in their lives today. 
because they were watching this thing and they wanted to participate in that conversation and they did it with a specific bent, right? What are the number of new accounts that were pro Amber Heard? There had to have been some. Let's compare those numbers. And yet we get this paragraph that is mealy mouthed and doesn't explain anything. And we don't get any questions on it at all from the reports that I looked at. We observed Twitter trolls, which assumes its premise, using various platform manipulation tactics. For example, the trolls used hashtag spamming and copy pasta to amplify content, manipulate trends, and suppress pro Amber Heard content. You are repeating yourself, right? You are just going forward and saying the same thing again, which doesn't get us to a place where we understand anything better. Twitter trolls didn't limit their abuse to platform manipulation. We observed the trolls abusing and harassing Amber Heard and multiple other women in swarming the tweets of their victims. Offensive tweets, misogyny, doxing, and death threats were rampant. The same group of toxic trolls also harassed and abused women who tweeted positively about Amber Heard. Twitter trolls that attacked Amber Heard and her allies recently began attacking Evan Rachel Wood and Cassidy Hutchinson. The trolls compared the women to Amber Heard and used the same abusive tactics against the women. Which abusive tactics? What are we talking about? Offensive tweets, misogyny, doxing? Let's talk about that. Let's do details. This is the same thing as your introduction, except we're now on page six out of 17, getting us to a place which sounds a lot like, hang on one second, folks. Absolutely. Uh, which sounds a lot like uh, the uh, eighth grade essay examination where you uh, have a page requirement here, maybe 17 pages. And so you repeat your introduction again with slightly different language. I am not more informed now six pages in. You're running out of time. We're already a third of the way through what you've said. Then you say, to, to reduce the number of pages in this report, we have uploaded a separate list of accounts violating Twitter's rules. Here's the link. This link will take you to an Excel spreadsheet that includes account names, includes the number of followers they have, uh, one of which I could find was above 10,000, every single other one of which was much, much, much lower than that number. And they just print it out for you. It's effectively a hate list in and of itself. These are the people that you should hate. And that results in a kind of weird, ironic catch-22. Hashtag spamming, they say, is how this was done. It was essential to amplifying anti-Amber Heard content and trending anti-Amber Heard hashtags artificially. Hashtag manipulation tactics gave the false impression of overwhelming opposition to Amber Heard. Here they have one example of an account by the name of MusicStan26 that put this kind of meme up there a number of times. Fair enough. Uh, we have another account that is putting various different messages in response to people, all of which seem to be different, but which use hashtags and accusing that of spamming. Now, what's odd about that, right, is that if you are really invested in something, and I'm not saying this is the right way to handle discussions, folks, I'm not. If you're really invested in something, that's what the hashtag system is for. And we know that this is what the hashtag system is for because we can look at somebody like Michelle Dauber and see that for every instance where she wants to attack Johnny Depp or Johnny Depp supporters, she uses the hashtag I stand with Amber Heard. More power to her. That is her freedom of speech. She has this. She's on that side. And so she goes out and says things about Johnny Depp fans, Johnny Depp supporters, Johnny Depp's legal counsel, and frames it with I stand with Amber Heard. That's the normal way of doing things. So in order to establish that this is inorganic, that this isn't somebody that's just really keen on this uh, and wants to evidence their support from a organic freedom of speech kind of principle, you actually have to go further than just saying they're using the hashtags a lot and they're responding to a bunch of people. As we just talked about, maybe these people are sad. Maybe these people shouldn't have this much of an investment in a case like this. I would be willing to argue that they shouldn't. However, that a harassment campaign, it does not make. 
Copypasta. Trolls use tactics like copypasta to amplify messaging and manipulate Twitter's trends. The goal in this case was to paint Amber Heard as a liar. Um, as, as Obi-Wan might say, you have done that to yourself. While painting Johnny Depp as an intelligent man who is telling the truth. Again, this, this is weird, right? That this summary assumes the premise that this is essentially inorganic and lies. That this is the equivalent of a Russian bot farm that is taking the most ridiculous thing like the sky is red and getting people to believe it. Folks did not need help getting to Amber Heard is a liar and Johnny Depp is an intelligent man who is telling the truth. I think Johnny Depp's got problems. I talked about those at length while I watched the trial. I would not, generally speaking, choose to hang out with Johnny Depp. And yet, when comparing the two world orders that they both described in the case, Johnny Depp seemed more likely to be the truth. Amber Heard seemed more likely to be a lie. And I don't blame anybody for saying that. Now, when you copy these things and you put them out over these and it's it's a campaign of some kind, I think this is probably the best evidence uh, that uh, Bot Sentinel has. You see these kinds of things on Twitter all the time in all directions. And I don't think it's great. So these are just copies of messages uh, that they found. But I'd be very interested in seeing how that relates to the overall kind of level of copying on Twitter, how that relates to the overall level of copying on the other side of the coin. But again, they weren't paid by Johnny Depp. They weren't paid by independent outlets to find the truth. They were paid by Amber Heard. And while they claim independence as early as just after the trial ends, I don't think we have to take that very seriously. Bragging and encouraging. Trolls that participated in spamming anti-Amber Heard hashtags, assuming its premise, bragged about their ability to get hashtags to trend. They also encourage others to spam anti-Erd uh, hashtags. You know, get it going. Let's keep it going. Retweet and tweet. Again, this is the nature of somebody that's invested in a topic, seeing that topic trend, seeing more people convincing others of their position in life. Hard to see how this is harassment. Right. Let's get this trending. Amber Heard is an abuser. That's a statement. That is an opinion that isn't directed at Amber Heard. That isn't abusing Amber Heard as best I can tell. I don't necessarily have to agree with any of this. I wouldn't engage in this behavior. But if you're going to come out with a report like this, you have an obligation to meet that talks about why this in particular is harassment. We can see the top here is Elaine. When was this taken? Right. What are the dates here? Those have been elided from these particular tweets that you are using to indicate that this is a big problem. Amber Heard and women who tweeted in support of Amber were attacked relentlessly. Twitter trolls would swarm the tweets of women who tweeted positively about Amber Heard and often use vulgar and threatening language. And again, there is a lot of vulgar and threatening language here. But again, we don't know exactly what this was in relation to. We don't know what this was responding to. We don't know whether or not there was a swarm or whether they were attacked relentlessly. We have to take it on Bot Sentinel's faith here. And I don't think they have any by the time you arrive on this page. Obviously, don't call people these things. Don't harass people in this fashion. I understand how social media can get the ire up. Don't do that. It's not a way to win your argument. It's not a way to show that you have the winning side and that your opinion, whatever it is, should make the most sense. You lose the high ground for actually discussing these things. You result in pages like this. But also... It could be an absolute minority of people. They've only called out about 600 Twitter accounts on the millions of accounts on Twitter. And we need to remember that. And we need denominators. Trolling, prominent academic. This is the Michelle Dauber thing. Trolling didn't stop with vulgar and abusive tweets. In one case, someone created a fake account using the image of a deceased child of a prominent academic. The troll used the fake account to taunt and torment the person because she tweeted in support of Amber Heard. 
Trolls escalated their harassment and doxed the academic's family members. This criminal activity led to the target fearing for the safety of her family and herself. Okay, so, I mean, this is, again, an assumption in terms of criminal activity. We didn't include the name of the academic to protect her identity. Uh, and again, this is just weird. Nobody should be harassing Michelle Dauber, but Michelle Dauber put this on Twitter. This isn't a hidden thing that bot Sentinel discovered. Uh, and they have this whole story here. And whether or not it's criminal, I don't know. This is a public kind of uh, post here in which the photo came from. She, she attached this to this. She gets the account suspended. And, and we go on from there. Obviously, this is horrible. This should not be done. Uh, but in terms of the accusation that this is because she tweeted in support of Amber Heard, I'm not as positive. Uh, right, because where she really starts to get covered by us, and I know I discussed this particular tweet, is when she says, in a society that strips women of real power, some women have learned to seek male approval in the hopes they won't be raped or abused or humiliated. Sucking up to power might feel good to you, but it won't work. You will be next. Of all the women who suck up to male power, women lawyers are the absolute worst of the bunch. She teaches at Stanford Law, by the way. Desperate to prove they are real lawyers and understanding that being a woman undermines their identity as lawyers, they throw women under the bus as hard and as fast as they can. This has stood up, but you can see the ratio here. This, to me, is when I first became aware of this individual and is such an abhorrent statement that I don't blame people for responding to it very strongly. I do blame people for ad hominem attacks. I do blame people for going forward with what is described <clears throat> as absolutely heinous activity with respect to the daughter. But at this point in reading the Bot Sentinel report, I'm not trusting their scientific methodology. I don't believe they verified that this happened in the way that it did. And I certainly don't believe that they verified why it was happening. This goes far beyond the pale of supporting Amber Heard. This accuses all of these people of not being legitimate, not being allowed to perform their societal function to be lawyers because they are undermined and seeking only male approval. He, she calls this individual Bill Cosby's skirt, Brock Turner's judge, and Aaron Persky's skirts, Harvey Weinstein's skirt. If you want to talk about harassment, if you want to talk about putting bad things into the world, she's probably not a great person to pick to base your premise on. That doesn't mean this isn't awful. That doesn't mean it isn't a good anecdote for when you want to sell your report to these various outlets. I think all of them picked up on this particular note. It got its own separate page. But then treating it like it's this criminal conspiracy that she doesn't publicize on Twitter herself is just performative theatricality in a fashion that doesn't really work for me. Tweet data. We analyzed 14,292 tweets and identified 627 anti-Amber Heard Twitter accounts tweeting exclusively about Amber Heard. Oh, we moved up to exclusively. It was what? Predominantly above. We're changing our standards in the same report, folks. This is the kind of thing I would ask a question about. Hey, maybe one got wrong. Maybe it is exclusively. They don't ever tweet about anything else. Let's talk about it, Bot Sentinel. And yet we don't get that kind of investigation. Approximately 24.4% of the Twitter accounts tweeting negative Amber Heard hashtags were created within the past seven months. The average for other topics is 8.6%. Okay, we have some data. What constitutes those other topics? And by the way, what is remotely as popular as a topic as Depp v. Heard this year, 2022? Accounts spammed. Amber Heard is L's an abuser and Amber Heard L's a liar with the letter I purposely replaced with the letter L to deceive Twitter's algorithms. The intentional misspelling demonstrates a calculated uh, effort to manipulate hashtag trends. Here's the accounts created by year. Here's the accounts created by year. Here is the tweets that we got. We got the numbers here. Thankfully, they provided the data. Credit to you, Bot Sentinel. So we have is an abuser and is a liar with 1,700 at the top, is a liar, 923, and then the L's are 706, and then the other L is 381. So substantially less. 
Maybe you've got a case that the people that are using the L's are doing some things to uh, get around Twitter's platform policies or otherwise trend multiple uh, trending topics so that the entire trending board can look like it's covering this particular topic. But overall, Amber Heard is an abuser and Amber Heard is a liar. Those are the top items. Those are English. And people can believe those things after having watched the trial. They can. We're allowed. And that doesn't make it harassment. That just makes it opinion. The top 20 Twitter accounts spamming the hashtags, in spamming, assumes it's premise, are as follows. Let's name some names. Um, and you see here, 21-day-old uh, uh, account tweets 520 times about this topic. All right, that seems legitimate. Probably new for this purpose. Seems like a good case here. And then that's the one you put at the top. And then we got 132 months. They've been on Twitter for a while. 288 times with that hashtag. You have another kind of 24-day one, 50 months, two months, 11 months, one month, one month, 130 months. So all of these are kind of combined in and around what certainly appear to be definitely legitimate Twitter users. This wasn't an issue at all 130 months ago, right? I don't think. Um, but you combine those all as trolls and harassers. And by the time you're at the end of this list, you're talking about 67 tweets over the course of however many months long this period was looked at, which to me isn't very substantial at all. Doesn't stop you, of course, from, as I said, creating a hate tracker, creating a target list, which it looks like allows you to block all of these accounts just by clicking on some buttons over here and putting those all up for the world to see with nary a bit of evidence of what they did other than your word that they are bad actors and that they are doing bad things. And yes, the media takes that absolutely breathlessly and unquestioningly, and yet I don't have to do that. The accounts in this report violated multiple rules and policies of the platform, including but not limited to violent threats, abuse, harassment, hateful conduct, private information, and platform manipulation, and spam. Now about that, this is not Bot Sentinel's first rodeo. In fact, Bot Sentinel has done this quite often. They know <coughs> how to get news written about them. Here's a BuzzFeed article about the hate campaign against Meghan Markle, uh, in which the BuzzFeed news editor says, I worked with Bot Sentinel, which is very well known in extremism reporting and misinformation circles, and they use Twitter's API. But to answer your question about Meghan and Harry trolls, they're real people. They're not automated bot accounts. The report that Bot Sentinel released said there are 83 accounts in total, and 55 of them are ones that promote most of the original content, and that the other accounts just retweet it. Christopher Boozy, in, spelled incorrectly to really give you faith in this article, the CEO of Bot Sentinel told me that it was really interesting that they are able to hide from a lot of what Bot Sentinel's automatic analysis would do. They had to do this report manually, judgment as to what is being said and whether it's harassing. They had to look at each account manually because they're so good at hiding these negative Megan tweets with positive tweets about the rest of the royal family. They're specifically not exclusively talking about Meghan Markle and they're allowed to not like her. That doesn't make it harassment. And I think that gets lost in the way Bot Sentinel describes its methodology. Twitter thinks so too. And you don't have to love Twitter, but shortly after that, Mar Meghan Markle troll accounts show no evidence of widespread coordination, says Twitter. Twitter deactivated just four out of 55 accounts that data analysis company Bot Sentinel said were set up purely to abuse the Duchess of Sussex. Again, you don't have to like Twitter at all. You can think Twitter's doing a absolutely terrible job of this. And yet, what we have here are two entities that might well be doing a terrible job because they certainly don't agree. And Bot Sentinel thinks very highly of itself in telling Twitter. What is a violation of its policies? Bot Sentinel says there's a hate network here. Twitter doesn't really find one. And this goes on and on and on. Elon Musk said to be purchasing Twitter here. And we've got this wired story that may or may not load up because you never know uh, with the internet. Elon Musk said to be buying Twitter and they start talking about right wing bad actors coming onto the platform. And lo and behold, what do we find? 
we find reference to Christopher Boozy of Bot Sentinel, who basically says weird things are happening with the accounts. Left-leaning accounts are losing followers. Right-wing accounts are gaining followers. But in terms of what's happening, we're seeing a significant increase in right-wing accounts starting to follow other accounts. It could be a bat signal where they feel safe to come back to Twitter, or it could be something else. This individual, this company, appears to never have any kind of reason why things are happening. And its methodology isn't proven at all. We don't get data sets. We don't understand exactly what they're doing. And so we're basically left to assume they're telling the truth, which these various organizations do, <clears throat> again, unquestioningly. But at the end of the day, we have no reason to believe them more than anybody else. Conclusion. A group of Twitter trolls repeatedly used platform manipulation tactics to trend anti-Amber Heard hashtags. The trolls encouraged hashtag spamming and openly boasted when they were successful. Trolls frequently used copy-pasta techniques to amplify pro-Johnny Depp content while spamming negative Amber Heard propaganda. Twitter trolls regularly swarmed the tweets of women who supported Amber Heard and abuse and targeted harassment were commonplace. Tweeting in support of Amber Heard without being swarmed by trolls was difficult at best. These are assertions by a company. There is nothing to support them in this report. Vocal supporters of Amber Heard received the most abuse, which included death threats and doxing. Trolls targeted their victims' families, and the children of their victims weren't off limits to the trolls. What we observed was one of the worst cases of cyberbullying and cyberstalking, cyberstalking, by a group of Twitter accounts that we've ever seen. It's our opinion Twitter didn't go enough, far enough to mitigate the platform manipulation and did very little to stop the abuse and targeted harassment. Twitter essentially left the women to fend for themselves with little to no support from the platform. The abuse and targeted harassment continued well after the Depp versus Heard trial ended. And unless Twitter takes action, the abuse and targeted harassment will still continue. This is a call to action for Twitter. Bad actors have become adept at platform manipulation and targeted harassment. And Twitter has allowed itself to become weaponized against its users. Twitter must be more aggressive at suspending accounts that abuse hashtags and copy pasta but more importantly, adopt new policies to address accounts that target specific individuals or organizations. Twitter must improve the way it moderates content. Far too many tweets that break Twitter's rules are incorrectly found to not have violated Twitter's rules. Now, this cuts both ways, but as we've said in this space, Twitter gets to decide what violates its rules. Uh, and so that can be very bad because they just ban people uh, and don't explain why, but it can also be uh, a different direction when you get called out by Bot Sentinel, you're put on Excel spreadsheet, added to a hate list, and Twitter finds nothing to be wrong in terms of violation of its own rules, which it set. And this is frustrating for users. We believe the deficient current reporting system will have the unintended effect of users reporting abusive content less often, which in turn would allow abusive content to flourish. And then here's some stuff about Bot Sentinel. We love getting press. Uh, for things that are raw assertions that we repeat four times throughout a 16-page document and then provide pictures of tweets and promise you that we are accurate. And again, they might be accurate. I don't know because this report doesn't establish that for them. And I'm left saying, hmm, well, how is this going to be handled? And at least at the end of the day, after having gone through all this, we can be sure they're not going to turn their eyes to anything else, right? Well, that'll be fun. We might have to cover it because Christopher Boozy says, in a few weeks, we will publish our research on widespread policy violations on YouTube. I'm willing to bet who's going to appear in that article, not necessarily me, but certainly some of my colleagues. The report will be the first of its kind and delve deep into how YouTubers ignore policy violations over profit. Watch this space. Yeah, that should go well. But we'll be ready. 
We'll talk about it as we do everything else that we talk about in headlines with hopefully a critical analysis and critical eye to talk about what's happening in this space and others. That is the report right now. That is a company that's creating lists of people to hate uh, and with no other evidence than their raw assertions. And it's eaten up with a spoon by so, so many outlets that aren't doing the investigative journalism that they really should be with the platforms that are otherwise afforded to them. Sorry for the sad Tuesday, uh, but there we go. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's talk about some super chats before we get into other chats. Jojo, your wisdom, approach, and kindness in the morning makes me enter the day smiling and hopeful. Thank you. Smiling, blushing emoji. Well, thank you, Jojo. I appreciate it. I love morning shows. And I think we're going to be done with this episode very, very soon. Aviation fanatic, I ask myself, who cares if she's being harassed? What is the point of all this? Is it right? Shrug emoji. But this is the world we live in now. I care if she's being harassed. I don't want to see harassment. I don't want to see harassment even with people I deeply dislike. I don't think harassment gets us very far as a people or as a society. So I have no problem saying, hey, harassment is bad. Uh, but I do have a problem with some third party saying, hey, rampant harassment is happening here and providing a single page of pictures that you could find on a single thread on any given day on Twitter for any topic against any person. And maybe that's not right, but it doesn't establish what they are claiming it establishes. And then the media goes out and just says, worst case of cyber stalking in history, report finds. And I got a problem with that level of news being made about a report that we just read. Sibling Creature wouldn't deliberately be spelling a hashtag only dilute the hashtag trends. I don't get what the point of that is. I think what the point of it is, is to get that trending page that has like the top five or whatever trends to have more than one version effectively of Amber Heard is a liar and you spell it different ways and you put a number one in there or whatever in order for it to be Amber Heard is a liar like six times, something like that. But I honestly don't know. Rick Cormier, bad actors have become adept at platform manipulation and targeted harassment. I believe that is a true statement. I just assume we identify different bad actors. I, I think that's right. I don't think anybody that looks at the way Twitter operates or YouTube operates or anyone else operates and says, yeah, you know what? They nailed it. They got it right. We can be sure that they are keeping bad actors off their platform. That is not my experience on these platforms, as I said. Um, but yes, when we have to depend on a third party that doesn't provide the evidence that it says it has provided to establish when something is rampant, when something is a swarm, when something is misogynistic, when something is harassing, all on its own recognizance, then we've got an issue because that's not the way this is supposed to work. Fantastic. You've made these assertions. This should be a 40-page document. You should be establishing what you mean by these things, showing me some scientific analysis. And instead, what I get is data guy from the Depp v. Heard trial where none of the data actually worked to prove his point. And we're left saying, I'm evaluating this. I come to this listening to what you have to say. And I'm, I'm left wanting. I, you didn't say what you said. You repeated your assertions like four times in a 16-page report, which, you know, good for you. But those assertions don't make them more true on the fourth repetition. Tim Riggs, if I tried to push such a lack of substance report over to one of my clients, I would be run out of business in very short order. What a joke. Yeah, there is no substance there. That was what was the most surprising to me is I assumed, again, naive Rick, of course, that, okay, if these people are going out with these kinds of reports, there must be some real data in there. And I could certainly buy that Amber Heard and Amber Heard supporters are getting more harassed than is usual because of the nature of this year and how popular that specific trial was. I can buy it as a premise, and I think these outlets can buy it as a premise because they're already invested in that premise, but that's not how we actually evaluate things, right? I can say, yeah, that seems right. That's probably true. We saw a lot of very, very negative things that I called out a number of days 
while covering the trial. And yet you have to actually cash the check that you write with your introduction. Instead, I can imagine if I was on here with one of the litigators, they would say, you promised me things. You promised me things. You promised things to the jury. Or as Emily might say, I have questions because you didn't deliver on any of your promises. And that counts more negatively than if you hadn't promised at all. And there we are with this report today. And I can see my internet already flagging. We got all sorts of issues. They might cut me off anytime now. So I think, I think we have maybe one more super chat. Oh, we got them all. Um, so I think that's where I'm going to leave you today. A bit of a shorter episode, but it is because we're upgrading the internet. Hopefully that will be evident tomorrow. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I'm sorry it is not as uh, awesome or as chill as uh, some other days, but I wanted to talk about this story. I think it's an important one to have this conversation about. Remember, I don't go live on Wednesday mornings. I will see if I can do a virtual legality episode or maybe appear on somebody else's channel. Uh, but we don't have Hangouts on Wednesdays. I will see you in Hangouts land again on Thursday, where maybe on Thursday and Friday, we're talking about things that are a little more chill. I got a whole Mogwai story that I want to cover. It's very, very important. Uh, so get ready for that one. Otherwise, we'll look forward to Bot Sentinel's report on YouTube monetizing hate. Otherwise, have a great Tuesday, and I'll see you on the next episode.